0: they bring that they are blessed as they are sown in your love and in your faith and lord we thank you for that abundant harvest that blessing overflowing that you have poured out into our lives and we praise you for it in jesus name amen amen good morning good to see everybody glad to have you here you know i um I was listening to a message yesterday, and one of the scriptures is the one where it says that the Lord wants to do for you exceeding abundantly more than you can ask or think. And that's the heart of God towards, that's the, that's loving father, that's daddy. And um, we have to understand that, that everything good that you would do for your kids, where do you think you got that from? And then you add in the fact that you have corruption and he doesn't have corruption So how much more does he actually want to bless? Because you just think about that. He wants to do more than exceeding abundantly, more than I can ask or think. I can think of a lot of stuff. I mean, I'm just saying, I can think about a lot, you know. And that's what he said, not what Brian said. I'm just repeating what God said. That's a good point. We, we need to see the heart of the Father for that as a loving, giving Father. And then in Romans 8, 32, he said, if he'll give you his son, how, how, he's asking the question, how would he not also with him freely give us all things? This is the heart of the Father. Keith Moore said uh, the chief expression of love is giving. In other words, if God is love, then the chief expression of God is He's a giver in every aspect, in every way, and and if we're to be like God, then we become like that too. That's how uh, he's able. Um, I did a series one time called "The Doors of Heaven," and the whole point was, you know, this is this world that we're living in is actually would be considered enemy territory, right? Because it says the God of this world, that's New Testament stuff. So we have all power and authority, but he still has some rule and domain of his own. We just have the ability to bypass it. Well, one of the ways that he bypasses that is by giving. He said, because God said, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest remain. Right? So when God said that, he set up a spiritual law that could not be broken. So... Is the earth still remaining? And if God said as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest remains. Is that correct? Seed time and harvest remains. So in other words, when anybody plants a seed, you have seed, then some time, and then a harvest. Okay? Can't break that rule. Is going to happen. When you have a good seed, you have fertile soil, you're going to receive a harvest. All right? So, Here's, here's what God did when he did that. He said, I don't care what rule or what domain is on earth. I'm giving you a way to get around that because this law will always be in place as long as the earth remains. In other words, I can completely bypass enemy lines and sow into you, into you. I can bring a harvest to you because you sow the seed because that rule is going to be there. And then we give God the ability, what we're doing is we're giving God the ability to overflow in our life, which gives us the ability to bless other people. Most of the time though, when people start talking about money, what they're thinking about is themselves. You know. They're thinking about me, me, I need I need more, I need more for me, you know. And that's that's not planting good seed and it's not planting it in good soil. You need to understand that the whole purpose of of God's giving is twofold. Number one is to you directly because you are very, very valuable to him. But number two is to get it to overflow out of your life. And God's given us a legal, a legal way, a legality to bypass whatever the devil's got set up. And, and we don't give it because we're under pressure. Uh, a lot of churches will come in. I wasn't planning on talking about this at all this morning, but the Holy Spirit kind of, you know, we're... Um, a lot of churches, a lot of times people will put you in under pressure you know, to give, right? I, I, and the word says don't give under compulsion. Don't give under pressure. So if we put pressure on you to give, then that's not what we're doing. That's not right. Now, what we can do is put pressure on your flesh mindset. Okay, that would say don't give because don't give is anti-God. So we can put some pressure on that simply by talking about what the word says. When we talk about the character and nature of God as lined out in the Word, automatically the spirit and the flesh are at war with each other. So it's going to when I talk about spiritual things, it's going to put pressure on. Uh, natural things, on on physical, fleshly things, or a physical and fleshly mindset. So you might feel pressure on a fleshly mindset, but that's not pushing you into giving. Here's what we want to do. We always want, the Lord says, to give in love. And I'm not just talking about finance. I'm talking about time, effort, jobs, everything. We need to be given because we love God. When you go to work on Monday morning and you work, you know, if it's an 8 to 5 job, at 8, you ought to be giving your very best, not because your boss is a nice guy or not. We ought to be giving our very best because we love God and you're an ambassador. That's giving. That's, that's the, see, we need to have this heart of giving out of the love of God in everything we do. And so what God asks is that you give out a love. That means uh, Jesus said this, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So he relates loving as obedience to whatever the Father says. So one of the things that we need to make sure that we do is that we hear from God and then we just simply be obedient. I don't, like in those offering boxes, I don't want anything more than obedience to God. I just want I want y'all to be obedient to God in whatever he tells you to do. Giving, coming to church, going to work, where you work, where you go to church, where you live, what you do. All I want is the fact that you have sought God, heard from him, and then just be obedient to that. Why do I want that for you, and why does God want that for you? Because you get in obedience, obedience is the direct doorway to the blessings, which is the direct doorway to overflow in other people's lives. In other words, when you get in overflow, the whole kingdom of God advances because your overflow is going to bless the people next to you. So that's why it's important. It's a part of God's evangelism. It's very important for us to understand that, know the reasons why. You know, If I'm in overflow because I've simply seen that God wants me to be in that place, then that overflow is going to overflow to George. In other words, even though I'm blessed in the process too, which is the beauty of God, what really just happened here, not only that I was blessed, but now George was blessed. That gives him the ability to be in overflow, and now Barrett's blessed. So in other words, as I get in obedience and I'm obedient to God in whatever he says to do, he shows us over and over and over again that obedience places us in the place where the blessing is flowing. And we need to be in that place. Amen? Amen. Well, that's your free mini-sermon. Amen. I'm going to preach this one, though. Ha, ha, ha. So, um... You know, every week, and we haven't done this in a couple of weeks because we had the baptism that was off site uh, a couple of weeks ago. And then last week, we just had testimonies coming, just testimony, testimony, testimony. It was awesome. We were just worshiping God, and I heard feedback from a bunch of people that were just blessed out of that. And um, there's a. Um, uh, every week, what we try to do is we pray for another church because we are not. Um, The church. We are part of the church. Okay, and so a lot of times, what we see in the church is people that it's almost like it's gotten to the place where it's uh, well, my church is better than their church. You need to come here, you know, and let let one like when people are say online like I'm looking for a church. I mean, and. That can be good, and they need to have some different, you know, people say. But what's funny is, like, I saw somebody recently, they're like, I'm looking for a church, and somebody went, Boomerang Church, and somebody said, The Gathering, and somebody said, Something Else, Growing Family, I think, and and uh, so, and then somebody was like, we have the best church, this is just awesome, you've got to come try it out. And I was like, ah. I was like, they're all the body of Christ, you know, just, just, Give them, some, give them some ideas, and we got to realize that if we're the, if we're the thumb, they're still the pinky, and if, it gets, if I cut them with my words or any other way, it still hurts me, right? We need for people to start realizing that in the body, because unity in the body is what tells the world and preaches to the world that Christ is who he says he is, right? That shows his love. That's in John 17. So today we're going to pray for Hillside Baptist. Now, Hillside Baptist, the pastor there, was Scott Adkins, but recently he's taken a job in Concord, so they're looking for a pastor. So here's what I want us to do. Let's lift up that body. Let's pray for the wisdom of God so they can be obedient to have the right person that God has ordained for that place. And going forward, they can just move in complete obedience and the blessing of God. So will you join me, and let's pray for Hillside. Amen? Lord, right now we just lift up hillside. And Lord, according to your word, there's some stuff that shows up. We pray for hillside right now just like we should pray for our own church. Right now. So Lord, we just ask that your wisdom would be poured out in their leadership. We ask, Lord, that the pastor that's upcoming would be the exact person that you have in your heart for that church. We ask right now, Lord, that the blessing of God would flow and overflow everybody connected to Hillside Baptist. We just thank you for that, Lord. We ask, Lord, that in Jesus' name, let every veil of deception that may be on on the leadership or the people, let anything that would hold them back from the truth of God, let it be removed in Jesus' name. We plead the blood of Jesus, over that church and we thank you for protection and guidance in every way amen amen so let's turn to uh, Matthew 16 and verse 15 I was going to preach this last week but uh, the Holy Spirit moved and we needed to do exactly what happened now it was that was something actually in prayer while I was praying earlier that week I saw that that would happen And uh, it was cool. And we just had testimony after testimony. How many people were blessed by that last week? Amen. It was good. So today we're talking about going all in with Peter. And uh, I love Peter because he is, uh, Peter is passionate. (laughs) And uh, if you have read about him in the Word, he is passionate. Uh, he's either passionately good or passionately bad, but he's passionate. You know, that's one thing they can say about it. he is passionate. And uh, you know, it's very interesting that, uh, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about this, but you notice the people that God chose, the Jews, I mean, they're a passionate people. They are an expressive people. You know, when things would go wrong, I mean, they they rip their clothes and throw dust and ashes. And, I mean, they'd, they'd dance before the Lord like David did. I mean, he do you, have you seen kind of God really connects to that passionate person? And then you look, ah, super kids having fun. Amen. I think we can get louder than them. Hey! <laughs> so, anyway, amen. <laughs> so, then... Uh, so they're a passionate people. And then you go to uh, the Greek language that the New Testament was written in, and it is a really expressive language. And so it's interesting because it, those, kind, those kind of things, if you just watch it through the Bible, it kind li- of you know, leads us to the place to think that God likes passion. God likes passion. Uh, being sold out, being all in. And I would say that's an absolute truth, and I'll we'll kind of prove it today. But let's let's look at this. Let's just look at Peter here. Uh, he said, Jesus said to him, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, So he's talking to Peter and he's talking to the church. Uh, but Peter's connected in here, and this is quite a statement Jesus makes here. Blessed are you, and on this rock I will build my church. And you know, some people think that rock is Peter, and some people think that rock is the statement that Jesus that Peter made. Some people think that rock is is the church. You know, uh, believe in this way. I kind of think it's all of that. I think he was saying a lot of stuff in there, and uh, but the the point is in this Peter was doing good this is this great guy and but what's interesting is it's not but like four verses later Jesus is calling Peter and saying get behind me Satan you know it's like Peter's either hot or cold but he's he's passionate you know he's all in Um, then you go over to Acts chapter 2 and and here's this guy who completely denied Christ three times And then in Acts chapter 2, he stands up after the Holy Spirit falls, and they're all filled with spirit. And I love uh, uh, Keith Moore. He said it. And stands up. This is the way uh, Keith says it in one series. He said, and Peter stands up and preaches like a house of fire, and 3,000 people come to the Lord. Beautiful. Yet, you have the point where he's, you know, get behind me, Satan. And then in John 18, you know, it's like, hey, I, th- here's Peter all in. Like, they're coming to get Jesus. Now, he's getting ready to deny Jesus three times to a girl, is one of them. Like, to a to a little girl, he's getting ready to deny. But here comes the whole Roman army to take Jesus, and he whips out with a sword and cuts off the dude's ear. I mean, he's he's like all in, one way or the other. He's just... Passionate. I, lo- I love that. And I also like that Peter can be wrong. Like he's this great leader of the church, but he messed up too. Because you know what? I have to. Honestly. And he ge- <laughs> Peter gives me hope. <laughs> Amen. If Peter can be who Peter is, then maybe I can be who God's called me to be. Uh, because I've had my mess ups too. And I know y'all have never had that, but I have. So it's... Um, Revelation chapter 3, verse 15 and 16. So, Peter's all in. He's a passionate guy. God says this here in Revelation. He says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. And this is Jesus talking, I wish that you were cold or hot. In other words, I wish you were all in one way or the other, But get all in. In other words, I don't want you in the middle. Matter of fact, he goes on to say, verse 16, so because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. In other words, you throw up. When you're lukewarm, it's sickening to me. That's what he's saying. What's lukewarm? It's being somewhere in the middle. And the best way for us to relate it today, for us to grow and mature in Christ, is to see that when we have one foot in the world and one foot in Christ, we're lukewarm. And this is not the place to be. And I'm telling you, you know, for an unbeliever, um, that's not as bad. But for a believer to be in this place, it's one of the most painful places you can be because the devil is trying to take every advantage over you. And when you keep stepping back into the world or stepping or moving because of the flesh and moving because of fleshly things or or I'm tired or I just don't feel like serving or this or that or, or I don't feel you know, well it's just a little little lie. I can tell it, you know. Or I don't have to believe. I you know, I can just let this one go, you know. No. Jesus said, if you're lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. So we need to get this, you know, the all in, of course, comes from, uh, it's a poker term, and it basically means I'm betting everything that I have. I'm betting everything that I have. I'm all in. All my chips are in the bet that I'm right. And we need to get to the place. I remember we were, Nicole and I, years ago, several of you have heard this story, but we were, you know, we've had difficulties in a lot of different areas, but one of the easiest to teach on is finances. In this particular one, we were having some financial difficulty, I don't know, five to ten years ago. And and, uh, I remember one day the Lord spoke to me really strong, and I knew that he was our provider, but I was like just waffling, you know, going back and forth on this, and i was just we just could not get over the hump we couldn't break through this resistance and here's here's what the lord said either i'm a liar or i'm not you choose either i'm a liar or i'm not well what did he do he made me go all in one way or the other Either I'm a liar or my word is true. So either he is the provider, he is the healer, he is the savior, or he's a liar. And God's not a liar. But our decisions, a lot of times, we want to find some middle ground. It's kind of like this, we want to have an escape clause. We want to have a safety net. And in providing a safety net, we step into lukewarm. In this particular situation, uh, had God not come through, we would not have had a house, we would not have had a car, and we'd have had, brand new, we had a brand new baby, and we'd have, been, had, we'd have had a lot of questions. If God didn't come through, we were in some trouble. It's just the way it was. And we put ourselves there. Because he's not a liar. And we watched as he knit together, his heart, right on time, came through with more than enough and continued. Because that's who he is. And we have to decide, are we going to be all in? Are we going to be passionate? Are we going to trust him or are our actions going to call him a liar? A lot of times our decisions are doing exactly that, and we just go about life saying, This is just normal. Well, it's just everybody else is doing this. This is, you know, sometimes even, well, our, our preacher does this, so it's okay. I don't care if your preacher does do the wrong thing. If you're not all in with God, it's wrong, it's lukewarm. And our actions leave us a safety net a lot of times. And there's wisdom in having a safety net, and there's different things, and we are to be wise about setting up different things. But a lot of times we really need to examine, am I setting the safety net up because of fear? Because I really just don't trust God. You know, a lot of times people face, just use this, a lot of times people face divorce, Right? And they'll get divorced and the Lord Lord said it like this because Moses granted it because of the hardness of their heart. Here's what they're doing. They don't believe that God can change that person. That's why they're getting divorced. Now you can be in a bad situation. I'm not saying that you don't need to have some time apart. Sometimes for the certain group that can be okay. But you don't go apart with the heart and the thought and the purpose of never coming back together you go apart believing for restoration so that you can come back together and it'll be better than it ever was before I mean there's some extreme abuse sometimes and they need to get apart so I'm not saying that you know people should just you know go in and be abused that's not what I'm saying But a lot of times what's happening is the people are lukewarm in their thinking and the truth is they just don't trust God that he's able to get in there and work. And so both of them step out of it not applying any faith towards the restoration grace of God and then they end up uh, breaking up a family that was never meant to be broken up. His heart is covenant. His heart is restoration. So, so many times, we'll step out of a situation and say, I just, th- these are words that you need to look for to tell you that I'm lukewarm. I just can't do this anymore. This is not on my notes, but this is good stuff. I hope you're getting it. <laughs> I just can't do this anymore. I just can't stand it. It's just too much. For who? Your mind or God. Oh, now we're getting into it. It's just too much for who? See, that's the issue. It is too much for you. But it's not too much for God. I'm all up in y'all business today, and I'm not trying to. Let me get back on the notes. No. Sometimes that's good. I, I, I'll, I, don't, I don't think I've ever done this. Who was bold enough to say I'm up in your business today? Is anybody? Amen. Amen. That's good. That kind of honesty with yourself is the kind that will break down and break through the spiritual garbage in your life. It's good stuff. Thank you, Lord. we got to get all in. We've got to get passionate. Let's look some more at Peter. Uh, this is really neat, one, one thing here. So, Luke 5... Uh, three through nine i'm not going to read the whole thing i'm just going to tell you so basically jesus comes and uh here's these fishermen they're coming in they've had a big night and nobody called anything so they're coming into the shore like this then they look up because there's this preacher on the shore that says, take me out in your boat so i can preach and they're like (laughs) get in the boat (laughs) Yeah, y'all have never had preachers do that kind of stuff, to you, I'm sure? So anyway, he says, get in the boat or God asks you to do something that you really don't feel like doing. I just got, it's too much. I've done this all night, Lord. I'm tired. I can't take this anymore. You're right in the middle of lukewarm. Right in the middle of one foot focused on the problem and focused on the issue and one foot asking you to believe. Man, I can feel the Holy Spirit on this message. Thank you, Lord. So here's Jesus. I want to go preach on your boat. Then they get done. <laughs> Verse 4. <laughs> he had finished speaking. See. Y'all are not laughing because you're acting like you've never thought those things for God. You know, God's asked you to do something, and you've never been sitting there going, <laughs> to, to the Lord and to the Holy Spirit inside of you. Y'all never done that. See, that's why you're not laughing. It's actually really funny. It's okay. It's all right. I've been there. I've done it. I'll be honest. Then Jesus says this, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. I can hear Peter's mind doing this. Simon answered and said, see, everybody was thinking it. Simon was passionate enough to say something. <laughs> Master. <laughs> Master. <laughs> we worked hard all night and caught nothing. But I will do as you say and let down the nets. You know, Jesus asked this question one time, which is the better person, the one who says he does it and doesn't or the one who says he won't do it but then changes his mind and goes and does it? So, see, when God's asking you to do something, even if you don't feel like it, a lot of times the best thing to do is just trust him. Go ahead and do. So here he is. See, this is part of the reason why you're going to have this reaction in a minute is because they're putting down these nets. They're not expecting anything. When they had done this, I'll do it because you said so, when they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish and their nets began to break. This story gets me about just about every time I read it. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help them and they came and filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. So the boats were sinking because there was that many fish. But when Simon Peter saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet saying, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. In other words, there is somebody so much greater than I that is right here with me. And and I think what Peter is realizing is the holiness that is on this man is about to burn up the sinner that's within me. And see, a lot of times we come to that moment And we just, here's what the devil gets us. God's asking us to believe. And the devil's telling you how much of a sinner you are and how unfaithful you've been. And right there in that moment, we either decide we're going all in one way or the other. And right there in that moment, we're waffling back and forth. And what our flesh wants to say is, I'm a sinner, get away from me. But Jesus' response was not like, okay, see you later, dude, peace. That wasn't his response. His response was, I'm about to spend three years with you. I'm going to teach you what I know. I'm going to show you how to be the believer that I've called you to believe. I'm not leaving you alone. I'm not letting you go. I'm not going to let you walk out and get out of this thing so easy. I'm going to turn you into the burning, passionate man that I'll build my church on. That I will move through. John twenty-one, verse three and eight. Jesus has died. Jesus has risen again. He showed himself to the disciples. They're waiting in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father, but they don't really know why they're waiting. They're just waiting. Jesus is gone. Yeah, he's alive, but he ain't here. You know, Jesus he and Peter's like this. I'm going fishing. I'm going, y'all can hang around here all you want to. I'm going fishing. They all said to him, we'll come with you. They went, got in the boat that night. They caught nothing. Sound familiar? But when the day was now breaking, and I I did a message one time, and and, um, I forgot about it until just now. And it said, the sun is dawning. So you may have been going through some nighttime, but if you would just turn your eyes to Jesus, He is, the sun is dawning on your life. I don't care where you've been or what you've been doing. You can be all night toiling and you've got nothing to show for it. You could have been going through the last four or five years trying to believe, trying to believe, and you've got nothing to show for it. Just keep on looking for Jesus because He's dawning in your life. He will not let you go through a night and end up dead. He will. The sun will break on your darkness and He will bring with it something. But when the day was now breaking, Jesus stood on the beach, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. So Jesus said to them, Children, You do not have any fish, do you? (laughs) They answered him, it says no, but (laughs) I'm thinking after they worked all night and then somebody goes, hey, did you catch anything? (laughs) I'm thinking there might have been some other words. (laughs) I mean, I'm just just thinking out loud. (gasps) But they said no, and he said to them, they might have said no. I imagine they were at least thinking something else. He said to them, cast the cast the net on the right hand side of the boat and you will find a catch. Let me, let me throw this out here. A lot of times what you're looking for God is vision and direction. A lot of people just want God to like, Oh, it's been such a dark night. Lord, when are you going to come and just pour out on me a blessing? You notice he said, And when you tithe and give, it says that he will open the windows of heaven and then pour out a blessing. Well, what's a window for? To give you a view. To give you a vision. To give you a moment to do the right thing. So a lot of times, your sun dawning and everything changing, what you're looking for is a word that God's given you right in that moment to be obedient to. You need to hear from God. Just like when Jesus was being caught between a rock and a hard place and they were saying, do I stone this woman or not? And he bends down on the ground, starts drawing on the ground. He's looking for a word from God. He needs right now some wisdom in the middle. So whatever darkness you've got, what you need is you need to hear a word from God. You need a scripture that the Holy Spirit brings to you right in that moment. Maybe maybe this morning is your word. Get all in, right? It can come through a preacher. It can come through your kids. It can come through your spouse. It can come it can come straight to your spirit. it can come by you reading in the word, it can come by you praying. It can come while you were while you are worshipping. Matter of fact, your word may be start dancing in the spirit and watch the stuff break off of you. It can be so many different things, but God knows exactly what it needs to be, and if we'll learn how to hear from him and be obedient, we'll find that place and it'll the dawn will break. They needed a word. So they cast, and then they were not able to haul it in because of the great number of fish. Therefore the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord. I love what he does here. So when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, now now look at verse 8 first. It says, The other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from the land. They weren't far from land. In other words, what's about to happen, he could have just waited a few minutes. But he was all in. Verse 7. So when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put his outer garment on, for he was stripped for work. In other words, he was stripped down to working clothes. What, here's what he did. He grabbed all his stuff, And he threw himself into the sea. And he headed for Jesus. In other words, to me, this is what I get out of this. I don't care what y'all do. But as for me and my house, I'm going to the Lord. I'm going all in. Y'all can say you believe and not believe. I'm going to believe. I'm going to say it and I'm going to do it. I'm all in. My life is all in with you. Last set of scriptures here in John 13:3 through10. Jesus is getting ready to be crucified. And it says that knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come forth from God and was going back to God, Jesus got up from supper, he laid aside his garment, and taking a towel, he girded himself. Then he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel with which he was girded. So he came to Simon Peter and he said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I do you do not realize now, but you will understand hereafter. Peter said to him, Never shall you wash my feet. In other words, this would be, do you understand, Peter knew that this was the son of the living God. Now, you might not feel this way, but the President of the United States is below that. So just imagine the president walking in here, stripping down, and then trying to wash your feet. Not just any president. I mean, not just our president now. Any president whatsoever. Imagine him doing that. Would not a few of us, even whether we like him or not, be like, this is the president. Well, Peter had revelation, this was the son of God. And here's the son of God. Stripping himself down to wash my stinking dirty feet. The most unclean thing pretty much on my body. This is humiliating. You're the son of God. Peter's like, no, you shouldn't be doing this. This is what Peter's saying is, this is below you. And that's honorable for him to recognize that. That's honorable for him to see that and recognize that. And, and then we would say, good job, Peter, in a way. But yet, the kingdom's ways are different from our ways. And see, if a man doesn't become a servant, he really doesn't become anything. Yeah. Yeah. And Jesus says this, he says, if I do not wash you, you will have no part with me. And Simon Peter, so in other words, here's what he said, because I can imagine Peter was pretty passionate when he said, "Uh, you ain't washing my feet. So he's saying, no, you're not washing my feet. And Peter's going like this. And Peter's going, "Uh uh-uh, no, you're not doing it, Jesus. And Jesus says, basically, you're wrong. Now, I don't know about you. I don't like being told I'm wrong. But that's just me. Kind of irritates me kind of gets under my skin. So a lot of times we're told, I mean, I can just stand up here and preach on something that is the Word of God. I didn't even say it. I didn't write it. I can just stand up here and preach it, and I can see faces go, you know, just twist. I'm like, I didn't say it? Well, I did say it, but I was just repeating it. Why? Because what they're saying is, you're wrong. Well, it's kind of like what we were talking about, about on Wednesday night. How many of you are 100% right? None of you. <laughs> and if you think you are, you're, you're wrong. <laughs> you just missed it right there. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> Comic relief, you like me. So uh, here's the thing. None of us are 100% right. That means that you are wrong in some area. So in other words, you shouldn't be mad when that thing's pointed out so that you can get better. You should be, if you're wise and you're mature, you ought to be going, praise God, somebody was able to show me. Yeah. So here's, here's what happened. If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Peter, you're wrong. Simon Peter hit, said to him, Lord, then wash not only my feet, but my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. So here's what happened. Jesus wants to come wash his feet. Peter says, "Uh uh-uh, no. You're not doing that. Jesus says, you're wrong. Peter says, then wash all of me. If I'm wrong, then let me go all in to be right. Let me be passionate. One way or the other. But if I find out that I'm passionate in the wrong way, let me go all in so that I can be right with you, Jesus. We need to get to a place of humility where no matter what we think, I don't care if you have thought it for 50 years, if you're wrong according to the eyes of God, you're still going to be wrong in the next 150 years. And we need to be willing to go all in So that we can get right. I love the passion that Peter has. I think his passion after the things of God and his dedication to be either hot or cold is what made him a great man in the kingdom of God. We need more people that understand I don't want to be spit out of the mouth of God. I need to be all in. You know what's interesting on that point is he says... Peter says this, look, wash my feet, wash my hands, wash my head. You know, I think there's even, you peel away that first layer of it, I think we can say it like this. Peter was saying, I'm willing to be right, to go all in, so that I can go to the right places, I can do the right things by my hands, and I can think the right thoughts. We need to be willing for the Lord to wash what we think, what we do, and where we go, where we are. No matter where we are in life, we need to be willing to go all in. And I'm telling you, you know, I preach this kind of message. Here's what's going to happen. The Holy Spirit is going to challenge you on this because I just planted a seed for you to make the right choices. By this preaching, it's imparting anointing for you to go and make a decision that maybe you've faced that thing 20 times before. But after a message like this, that anointing to choose and go all in, it's there for you to make the right decision. And so the Holy Spirit's not going to leave that alone. What's going to happen is probably within a short period of time, if he's not already dealing with you right now, at least probably this week, he's going to bring up something to you and say, you're wrong. So the question is, and and for some of us he might bring up like 20 things, but here's the thing, what's your response going to be? Well, Jesus, you just don't know what they're doing. I, 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 I have a right to uh, hold on to this. Or, okay, I'm wrong. Wash me, Lord. Cleanse me. Fill me. Point me in the right direction. Give me the strength to do it because I want to be all in with you. I'm willing to be wrong. I'm willing to change. Let's just stand up. I just feel right now that, um, you know, how many people, of course, you don't have to say what it is, but how many people the Holy Spirit's already given you something right now to change? Already the Holy Spirit said, you're wrong. <laughs> you know, if we will get to the place, you la- la- if we will get to the place that we don't mind that statement, we will go so fast in the kingdom. A lot of the growth that makes me who I am today is because I was willing to make changes and be wrong a lot. And the more I gave myself to God, the more he was able to clean up and get to the place where I could actually operate in like a spiritual overflow to help overflow into the lives of other people. Listen, pastors are not the only ones called to overflow. Every one of us, that promise that I just spoke of, it's there for every one of us to have lives of overflow. And right now, you may not feel like that's very important, but I can tell you a time when you will think that it was important. And you will wish that you would have esteemed going all in more. When you're standing in heaven in front of Jesus, you're going to wish that you had esteemed being willing to be wrong a lot more often, me included. So right now it might not be important to you. The question is, are you going to honor the things of God no matter what you feel like right now? And when he points out that thing and he says, hey, you're wrong, and you get, you get used to that and used to uh, making the changes so that the next time you come around to the same issue, he goes, hey, <laughs> good job, you're right. If we can get to the place where we're okay with that and He can start changing things in our lives, you would be amazed at the places that God can take you and the speed at which He can do it and the heights at which He can do it and the power with which He can do it with. It's almost like He wants to do exceeding abundantly more than you ask or think because He does. So right now, I just ask you to bow your head. If you know that thing right now that God said, hey, you're wrong in this area. You're missing it. Or the multiple areas. Right now, He's just saying, will you give it to me? Will, will you let me wash you? Will you go all in? Will you, will you be passionate for me? So I just challenge you right now. Make the decision. Don't wait. Waiting generally in an area like that, when the Holy Spirit's convicting you, that's the devil. Make a decision. Logic will talk you out of it within a few hours. (laughs) So right now, let's just put on a little bit of music and and I just encourage you, a lot of times I'll lead people in that prayer and I'm going to start the prayer, but I just want you to finish it out of your heart to God. Give that thing up. Say, Lord, yeah, you're right. I was wrong. I confess it. And right now I repent. I realize it was wrong. I'm apologizing to you for it because I missed it. But I'm changing directions right now. Right now I am changing directions. And today is a new day. The sun has dawned on this area of my life. I will trust You. I will be hot for You. I will be all in. Lord, we thank You. We hand our lives to You right now. And it's not just one decision. It's every decision from this moment forward. Every time that Jesus examines us and says, give something to me. Every time He sees where I have walked through the world and picked up some of its junk, some of its thinking, I'm going to let him wash me. Wash my feet. Show me that I was wrong. And cleanse me. Lord, we've all picked up a lot of the world. A lot of the flesh. And Lord, wash it off. Wash us, every part of us that needs it right now. Lord, today is the day that the sun dawns on these lives. So just just let's turn the music up a little bit. And you just pray your prayer. It's not your husband's prayer. It's not your wife's prayer. It's not your kid's prayer. This is your prayer. This is your heart to God saying, Lord, I'll be passionate for you. This is your heart. So let them know right now. you get done you just want to continue to worship just worship we're just going to leave this music going if you need to go you are dismissed if you're a guest if you'll meet jeff right over here at the bookshelf but if you just want to sit there and keep praying keep worshiping take as long as you want thank you for being passionate with god have a great day